0: Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at HopeSpringsCob. Thank you and enjoy. so i'm doing the next part in our series on we see jesus where we're talking about fixing our eyes and engaging with jesus and um, i'm going to do that by looking at hebrews so you can get ahead of the game if you want to just go to hebrews one i'm not going to go there yet um but um we're going to spend the whole time in the book of hebrews today i'm not going to leave it at all um interestingly um when you look at the book of hebrews it, it's very much a story of why Jesus is better than everything else, and it kind of follows that the idea that actually Jesus is better. Jesus is a better way. Jesus is a better example. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. So in a funny kind of way, it's a bit of a competitive book because it's the idea that actually Jesus is better than than this. Jesus is better than than this. Jesus is better than this. And it made me think think about competitiveness and how some people other than myself are quite competitive um, and struggle with competition and just whether they're playing games or whether they're kind of just just living life in general just struggle with this this competitiveness um that comes so i I had a friend once um who (laughs) did they beat you um no (laughs) <laughs> the once would, would would be very applicable if they did beat me. I had a friend once. Um, no, I, I, I I had a friend of mine who used to play football and he used to play football for a Sunday League team. And he got so he used to be so competitive in playing football that um his team, Sunday League, bear in mind, this is like 14, 15 years old. Sunday league, um, he his team had a player sent off. Um and when they a player sent off, obviously, I think it was a quarter final of a cup. Um, so, obviously, the risk then is that you're going to lose the cup game. So, his next action after getting a player sent off was to um, be over-the-top aggressive in the next challenge that he did. Um, to the point that the player was um, on the touchline with the ball the opposition player was on the with the ball here he ran in and won the ball fairly I have to say won the ball but also managed to quite severely injure the player at the same time who actually bear in mind 14-15 cried um, with this tackle and had to go off injured um, hence was the competitiveness of this th- this particular friend of mine um, in, the, in this football thing oh, I had a, n- another situation with another friend of mine again just looking at competitiveness who um, used to play um like board games like even Scrabble or kind of Monopoly or whatever your friends seen it it was one of these particular games um, and you used to really struggle with anybody beating Um, him or her, this friend of mine, whoever it may be, at these games and kind of would really struggle with the fact they didn't win um, and would be quite aggressive and quite difficult to play with or play games like Mafia as well would be a real problem where you'd kind of try and kind of just manipulate the whole situation to make make this friend of mine, obviously this this friend, I've got lots of them, Um, which is why it's so surprising that somehow I've managed to remain so (laughs) non-competitive. Um, and surrounded by these friends of mine just to kind of not need to engage in this competitiveness um, but, I joke obviously I do struggle with competitiveness but the interesting thing about this about the Hebrews is, is the fact that it's not even talking about that kind of competitiveness it's not talking about the fact Jesus is better um, because he's beat the opposition that's not really what it's talking about it's not talking about that like Jesus has gone right I'm going to be the best in the sense that I'm going to win and i'm going to be the one that is the most successful the most um accomplished the most whatever it be it's not really even talking about that it is talking about jesus being better but it's talking about jesus being better in the sense that um jesus being the best way jesus being the best way to see god jesus being the best way to engage with god being the being jesus being the best vision or, or impression of god and it's not a saying that he's better because he's managed to get um a higher score on fifa than moses or that he's managed to kind of i don't know um get more likes on facebook than than elijah or whatever it may be it's not on about that it's on about the fact that actually jesus is a more perfect view a better view of what god looks like than these are the things that hebrews talks about and that that's the kind of way it's almost looking at it like um if you have the original, we have this thing, don't we? And I'm guilty of this myself massively. But the idea that, that, that there's companies or um, whatever that that kind of do prints of famous artwork. So li- literally, the, yesterday and this morning, uh, me and Susie are looking at getting like a one of Banksy's kind of things to go in our house. Now that's obviously not an original Banksy; it's a it's a it's a copy of that. Because I also had in the news that one of Banksy's art pieces um, of him which is very apt right now, him showing the House of Commons, no one in the House of Commons is, as chimps just sold for like 9.9 million or something like that. Um, so we don't have, we're not have we are not multimillionaires. we are not buying the original Banksy and putting it on our wall, okay? It's a copy, it's a copy of it. It looks like it, it probably has a lot of things that are similar to it, but it's not it. Um, in the same kind of way that um, Jesus is, is the original, Jesus is not a copy of it. Jesus is the original. Jesus is the the perfect, exactly the same image of what God looks like. And therefore is better than the copy that might look like it and might be very similar to it and might have a lot of things that point in the right direction but actually is not it, if that makes sense. It's not it. The thing we're going to get on our wall is not Banksy's work. It looks like it. And it's very similar to it. And if someone wants to understand ba- what Banksy was like and how he painted stuff, it'd be okay to use that as an example because it's, it's close enough and it has some things there, but it's not the best one. Because the best one is the one that he's got or whoever's got it or people got it for 9.9 million or whatever it may be. That's the best one. That's the best thing. And the same way Jesus is. That it's not saying that these things that came before are rubbish and are evil and are wrong. It's not saying that. It's saying that actually they're not as good as... And that's the whole narrative of the book of Hebrews. And it starts in Hebrews 1, verse 1, surprisingly. Um, It starts there. And it picks up in Hebrews 1. It's one of my favourite passages of of the whole Bible. I just absolutely love it. And it says this. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. So he's introducing this, he's saying, look, God has spoken to us in different ways in the past. He's spoken to us by the prophets, he's spoken to us by the fathers, like Abraham, he's spoken to us by those guys in the past, but now he's speaking to us by his Son. Hmm. Okay, so let me just reframe that back into what we just talked about. God in the past has given us a copy, a version of Banksy's artwork, but now, oh, that'd be amazing, God, if you could do that. Now, he's given us the original. Okay? And therefore, it's not that he's saying that what God communicated there is not him, it's just that it's not the best way. And we see that in the next verse, because then he says in verse 3 who are you talking about jesus who being the brightness of his glory and the express image or the exact image of his person and of holding all things by the power of his words it's basically look these other ways were good they weren't evil they were good but actually they weren't the exact image they weren't the best they weren't actually the original but now you've got the original now you've got exactly what god looks like now you've got the perfect image of what he looks like and that's The introduction to the whole book of Hebrews, that, in a nutshell, sums up Hebrews. It's going, okay, you've got got these other ways, guys, but this, Jesus, is the way. He is the best way of viewing what God looks like. You can use them, but he is the best one to view it. Um, And therefore, that's the whole narrative that it picks up. Um, And then it follows through, and I'm going to just take a few minutes just to focus on these. It follows through um, for... And i'm not going to claim originality of this i'll send you the link out. it's a really powerful video which i think i don't know whether you've seen Sai sent around to i think maybe the preaching group might have been to do with an overview of hebrews and i've nicked some of the ideas that. i've sent it out because it's really powerful but hebrews is picked up into four areas then with that narrative so the whole narrative is jesus is the best way to understand what god's like he is better than these other ways okay and it picks up and it, ha- it compares it to four different things um the first one from chapter one in chapter 2 is talking about how jesus is better than the angels and the torah for understanding what god looks like he's better than that now why is that significant because in the past jesus so in the past angels were the ones who were taught about being the one that delivered the words from god so we often hear in the old testament that god said Or god spoke and we i do maybe everyone else says i have this idea that god big audible voice and it might happen like that but actually nine times out of ten if you look at what happened an angel came and spoke to somebody Mm. that makes sense so an angel came like, like like we know don't we an angel came and spoke to mary god didn't appear and go mary it was an angel that came to deliver the message and then it talks about like even moses with the ten commandments that moses received those ten commandments it's talked so much about god but actually if you read it he received them from an angel an angel brought that instruction to him and so throughout the whole old testament you've got this situation that the message of god is communicated to people by angels and therefore it's written down in the torah in the first five books of the bible and it's communicated to from god to people via the the conduit or the messenger of an angel in hebrews and in the later on it then talks about the fact that actually it's jesus himself who brings the message That so jesus himself brings the good news that he comes to earth and brings this message so now you've not got this thing of of there being a conduit between this thing you've not got god passing the message to an angel an angel bringing it you've actually got god himself in the flesh bringing the message so it's talking about that message is much it's not just communicated now it's embodied that jesus didn't just come and say this is what god's saying he just came and said this is what god's like and therefore you've got this better way the angels for one of whatever sounds strange thing, want to try and could never embody the message of god because they were angels whereas jesus came and embodied the whole message and said, look, look this is what god said this is actually what he's like come and experience it embrace it feel it touch it sense it i'm here communicating this so talk talks about how jesus is better than the angels in the Torah in chapter 1 and chapter 2. And then the next bit it talks about, in chapter 3 and chapter 4, it talks about the fact that Jesus is better than Moses in the Promised Land. The, the idea that you've got this thing of Moses, and Moses creating, the, is, is the one. If you think about what Moses did, it's phenomenal. Moses created the tabernacle. Moses shaped the point on earth where God met man. Mm. Now that's stunning. That, 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 that's not to be sniffed at. Moses was the one that, that led the, or led people out of Egypt and was to lead them into the promised land to take them obviously didn't end up getting there but he was one to lead them that way and decided that moses is this incredibly significant incredibly powerful um, picture in the old testament but it's saying that jesus didn't just build the tabernacle didn't just build the place where god met with man but jesus was the place where god met with man because jesus was god so when he came he embodied that and he didn't just build a tabernacle but jesus created creation and built everything and formed everything and that Jesus wasn't just leading them into a land, but, but, but was leading them into a whole new set of creation, a whole new way of living, a whole new existence. And so it's again this idea that actually Moses is not, it's not going, Moses is terrible, Moses is bad, Moses is awful. It's not saying that to it, but it's saying compared to Jesus, he doesn't even compare, hmm. doesn't even get close. Whereas Moses built a place where people can encounter God. Jesus was the place where people encountered God. He was the one where they touched and sensed and felt God. So again, the whole book of Hebrews is building up this idea again and again and again to the Jesus is better than. Mm. Jesus is the better view of what God looks like. And then we pick up the next stage in verse 5 to 7, where you've got, it talking about Jesus is better than the priests and Melchizedek. That he is a better way of relating to. He is a better way of kind of being reconciled to god than these priestly temple sacrifices and it connects then into the next which i'll do as a whole thing in verse in chapters 8 to 10 where it talks about the fact that jesus is a better sacrifice that jesus is better at being the representative of god to people than than the priests were that the priests were there really to be a representation of what god is like to the people and it's saying actually jesus was a better representation of course he was because jesus was god to the people but actually also a second part of that, that the priests would need to constantly keep offering sacrifices. They'd need to constantly be doing stuff to take away sin, to atone, to cover people's sins. And It talks about the fact Jesus came and he said he did in one sacrifice, once and for all, to deal with sin forever. Not to cover it, but to take it away. So this again this idea that actually Jesus stands above these other things, these other situations. Now, that, I'm not sure any of that is surprising to us okay because we would read it and go of course of course jesus is better than temple sacrifice not one of them. i don't think there's anybody in this room has ever thought I tell what I need to do today i need to go and sacrifice a bull because i need to get myself clean okay none of us would think that okay none of us would probably think that moses jesus kind of on a par with each other okay i'm not sure which one i think is a bit better we kind of all go with jesus okay nor would we probably think um that angels have some kind of like possible actually maybe one day Might start worshiping angels of Jesus. Okay, I'm not sure I've got anybody in the room that's thinking that. So why is it relevant? Why is the writer of Hebrews spent thirteen chapters unpacking the fact that Jesus is better? The reason he's done that is because the context of the book of Hebrews is probably written to Hebrews. Strange thing sometimes that they're called books that are similar to that. But it's written to Hebrews, which suggests it's written to Jewish Christians. So, So excuse me (coughs) so christians who who have come out of jewish tradition who come out of tradition where moses and the ten commandments and the 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 kind of temple sacrifice and the all that stuff that's connected at the priestly order and all that kind of stuff where that is their way of relating to god it's not their way of being evil it is their way of relating to god Mm. it's their way of going actually this is how we know what god's like they've then come to a point and they've accepted the fact that actually jesus has come and he is the messiah that's come hence the fact they're jewish christians they they they've clearly not rejected jesus they, they they've accepted jesus as the messiah they've accepted jesus as the way the truth and the life they, they've accepted jesus is, is the one not just a prophet but the one that has been promised the the savior emmanuel they've accepted that but then the challenge of accepting that means that they have turned their back on a whole raft of jewish people who have not done that a whole system that said actually no jesus was not that that's why we killed him and therefore they sit in this situation now where they've coming out of an old set of traditions but they're also coming out of an old set of traditions under tremendous persecution because this set of, set, of, set of traditions wasn't just established but it was so established that it killed the one that they've now said they're going to follow so these Jewish people are under incredible persecution, under incredible kind of um, attack to stick to what they know to be true, but not to slip back into an old way of practicing, an old way of doing stuff, an old way of doing that. So when the pressure rises, where do they go? Do they fix their eyes on Jesus, or do they go actually when we'll they just come back into the fact we'll accept what happened before? Will accept the, this system of doing stuff. We'll come back into this kind of thing. Now, to us in this room, we don't have that tension. We don't have any of that stuff. We we don't sit here and go, man. I'm not sure what's going to happen if I worship Jesus this morning. I'm not sure whether I'm going to kind of the Jewish rabbis are going to come in and kill me or stone me or what it may be. We don't think that. We're not caught in that tension. We're not caught in the sense of actually maybe I need to go back to temple worship. We're not thinking like that. But I think it's interesting because I think we have the same pressure in a a different completely different context the the where whereas their pressure was to go back to an old way of doing stuff and therefore the writer of Hebrews going wait a minute guys this is jesus is better he's better than all that other stuff let me unpack it because it's fascinating it's almost incredibly frequent the amount of reference to old testament stuff in there so he is assuming the these people know stuff he's assuming these people are aware of what went on before so this is not novices it's not people are not sure which one they're going to go with they're they're establishing their faith from before and then now with jesus and therefore they're facing this tension and i think for us it it, it's a similar if not this not the same cause of tension but a similar tension but we have a different pull the when stuff gets tough when the pressure hits where do i turn my attention to Do I turn my gaze to Jesus or do I turn my gaze to something else? That when the pressure hits, do I turn my gaze to the latest self-help thing or do I turn my gaze to Jesus? When the pressure hits, do I retreat and go back into what I knew and what I was comfortable in before or do I keep moving forward and keep my eyes fixed on Jesus? When the the pressure hits, do I kind of just attack everything Or do I keep my call and keep my eyes fixed on Jesus? For each of us in this room, there's different temptations. But when when the pressure hits, what am I tempted to go to? Do I keep my eyes and my gaze fixed on Jesus and who he is? Because that's what the writer of Hebrews constantly talks about. That he talks about in the beginning that Jesus is the perfect image, see him. Then he talks about in Hebrews 2 the fact that all this stuff around you, all these challenges and this this threat of life or or these pressures and all that kind of stuff that exists all around you but see jesus then then he talks about when you're running your race set before you keep your eyes fixed on jesus don't run to the left or to the right but keep your eyes fixed on jesus keep your focus there and we are not faced with death right now we're not faced with the threat of death but we are faced with the threat of comfortableness and the threat of, actually, life can sometimes just be easier if I don't do that. Or life can just sometimes be more straightforward if I don't do that. Or actually, life, life's okay if I don't. It's kind of alright if I don't. And that, perhaps, is the biggest temptation. It's a very different one. But actually, what if I don't? What if I kind of just be a good Christian that just goes through the motions? What if I just kind of just go day by day, week by week, and I'm fine. I pray, give tithe, give offering, say nice things to people, offer the occasional prayer. What if I just do those things? I'm not knocking those things, but what if I just do those things? What if I don't actually, when pressure hits, I don't do anything? I just kind of just keep going through the motions, keep going through the motions. The 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 challenge of that is that comfortableness, is that the fact that we we have whereas these these guys are facing death, we haven't got the pressure of death, and therefore perhaps the the kind of almost need to either go this or this. We've got the fact that I can just stand the kind of the grey in between the kind of middle middle section and i think that for us is our is our temptation that in the in in this westernized world is our the kind of the risk that we don't follow the instruction of the writer of hebrews and elevate jesus that we go actually i can just elevate church or i can just elevate reading a book about jesus but actually, am I elevating Jesus? Am I saying actually, when pressure hits, am I shifting my focus to you? Am I saying actually, in, in amongst all this chaos, am I f- f- fix my eyes on you? Am I just finding the easiest route through? Am I going to actually? No, I'm going to fix my eyes on you, Jesus, because the challenge is this, and it is a challenge. And I'm not going to be on. I'm, I'm not going to say this is going to be the nicest finish. This, but it's a challenge to me. It's a challenge to us, because it, this letter is written to Jewish Christians. We know that. We don't have the same temptations. We don't have the same pressures to run away from. But do we turn to him or do we turn to other stuff? Do we focus in on Jesus or do we? Because if, and here's the crux, if I, when when circumstance hit or when pressure hits, if I don't fix my eyes on Jesus, like Peter, and we're going to look at what we mean by that, but if I don't go, actually, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. If I don't do that, then I might start to sink, like Peter walking on water. Start to sink. And what am I really sinking into? I'm sinking into the ways and the systems of this world. For the, right, for the, for the, audit, the audience of the Hebrew letter, they would have been sinking back into their tradition of the past. We're not going to do that. But we would sink into the systems of the world that we know. That Peter was sinking in that water. But what was he really going into? He, he was going back into what the natural, normal way of things are. Because when you're walking on water, the natural, normal way of things is to sink. But when his eyes were fixed on Jesus, what was he doing? He was doing something that was beyond the natural, normal way of things. He was walking on water. He was walking above the circumstances. And Jesus called him to walk above the circumstances. But when he turned his eyes away from Jesus, he just fell back into the natural, normal expectation of what life is like. And that's the temptation, isn't it? Because for us to fall back into the natural, normal way of what life is like, isn't actually terrible I don't meet people at work who tell me oh my goodness me you're so lucky you've got Jesus because I have and I nearly died this morning mm. uh, it's not that pressure it's not like oh my goodness me I can't believe how bad our government is that they, they just rounded up 50 people the other day and they put them in, in a concentration camp and killed them we haven't got that existing In Western world, we got we absolutely have got dodgy governments. Let's be honest, and we absolutely have got difficult circumstances. I'm not saying that at all. And people do come into work with gut wrenching, heart wrenching situations. But as a normal everyday thing, the normal everyday way of stuff is not kind of like, oh my goodness me, this is terrible. It feels okay. And whereas the Jewish people would have slipped back into that tradition of stuff, we just slip back into the, the kind of normal way of stuff and sink back into that. But Jesus is calling us to be above. That set of circumstances. The other thing that can happen with it is that we get lost. We have talked about it a lot this morning, which is really powerful, but we get lost, and we get lost in the system. We get lost in the way, and we and we, and we hit points in our life where we go, "Man, I'm not sure what I'm not. I'm, I don't know what I've done. Like I've lived 40 years, and I don't. I don't know actually in that 40 year, what what have I done? I've got this, that, and the other, but it's like, and we start to question stuff. It's like, what has it amounted to? What have I? Have I done? What have I? What's happened? How what, ha, have I got here? Or all those kind of questions. Or we get lost in the system. Then can actually, I'm just exactly the same. I call myself a Christian, but actually, I'm just exactly the same as the person that stands next to me, or sits next to me in my cubicle, or, or is in the next classroom across from me, or, or is the na- neighbour across the world. I'm, I'm, I'm just part of that. I'm like, well, I don't. Th- there's no difference, and we're lost in that system. We're lost in the way that that actually is just the same. It's just the same. It's the same. It's the same and again it's not necessarily a bad thing because most people in the system of the world in the way the world operates live perfectly happy contented lives the the challenge is that jesus is calling us to live a different kind of life and that that's the difficulty i'm not saying for one moment i would prefer to have my life under threat i do not want that if anyone listens to this that's not what i'm asking for right now okay but i am saying that i imagine in that situation it definitely clarifies your focus you either go I'm not in or i'm in you very very rarely will sit on the fence because on the fence that's not safe i'm either in the jewish community i mean in my old, old, old tradition and actually i'm going to turn my back on jesus i'm going to focus in on this or i'm going to actually go no no i'm turning my back on that i'm going to live with jesus under the threat of whatever it may be but i'm going to live this way the challenge we have is that actually there's that comfort zone isn't there of actually i can just live in this space in between i don't need to make a decision that way or that way i can just live in the space in between and therefore that that's that lostness that that's that sinking back into just the way that things are just being part of it going through the motions of it yet jesus and the right of hebrews is exhorting us to actually rise above that go in amongst all that stuff i want you to fix your eyes on jesus because when you fix your eyes on jesus you rise above the norm you walk on water when you fix your eyes on Jesus you 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 will make yourself stand out and that can be a target that that can be a difficulty and a challenge but actually you'll stand out as those holding the word of life those holding hope of a different way those holding a testimony of something new and something powerful and you'll stand out because of that. And some will love you and some will hate you. But you stand out because of that. And Jesus is calling us to that different way. That Actually, when we're faced with the impossible situations, we stand out as those who are given an opportunity that actually that impossible situation can turn around. But by doing that, we are, we are literally going, actually, yeah, life can be different to that. But we're risking the fact, what if it's not? What if my prayer into that situation, what if my, my encouragement to that situation doesn't turn it around? You're exposing ourselves and we're making ourselves stand out. And the beautiful thing about this for me is that that's. I, I was planning this and preparing this and I was sitting there going, man, this is tough because mm. it puts such a challenge on me. But what was really powerful this morning is the songs that Luke chose and the exhortation from Lizzie kind of just brought it into lines. like, God, actually, this is exactly what you're saying. That he's saying, okay, I'm calling you to live above the norm to live above what's there to live above what's comfortable to live above what, what 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 is just happening day to day and what I'm calling you to live above to make some sacrifices to make some decisions that'll make life a bit more difficult a bit more uncomfortable but actually go okay because I want to live and I want to follow you Jesus because as I look through the, this letters of the writer of Hebrews and he says look actually following the way of Jesus is better because it's about going actually Jesus is not just about the best way it's not as far you okay I've looked at all my options Jesus and actually you've come out as the best way yeah. I've kind of evaluated the set of circumstances and I've made the decision Jesus that you're the best way it's not even about that really Jesus is better but actually it's about the fact that he is the way mm. it's not like going to actually this kind of world we live in where this kind of post-modern society going to actually there's many options and everyone just pick the option that fits them best and in so many areas of life that's absolutely fine okay but in this area of life it's not like that mm. It's not like going, actually, Jesus, yeah, actually, Jesus, I've done my kind of compare the market, and actually, you, you've come out as the best option for me in that thing. I can see that it's the best kind of premium. I kind of don't have to pay that much a month. Jesus, you're definitely kind of the, yeah, you're kind of like the, the one I want to go with, okay? It's actually nothing to do with that. It's the, the, the compare the market, the kind of societal thing where we have that, and we compare everything and decide which one's best for us is non-existent in this. Because Jesus doesn't say, I'm a way he says i'm the way i'm it you want to live life like life's meant to be lived i'm it you fix your eyes on me he's not hedging his bets he's Going actually i'm the way but i include every way that's not what he's saying at all he's like, i'm the way and in amongst all these other options all these options for the, the kind of audience of the hebrews letter the kind of jewish tradition all our options in modern day of everything that's comfortable he's going actually in amongst all of that i'm it I don't embrace those things i'm not saying actually that that that's part of me that's part of me no no i'm the way and you want to live life or and think, think about what i'm saying if you want to live the life the way that life is meant to be lived you go this way this is what you do we fix our eyes on him i'm the way i'm the truth and i'm the life he is showing no sense of like ambiguity about those things he's saying it's me this is the way to live and when we don't do that we, we do we find ourselves drowning we find ourselves sinking back into just the normal everyday life that the that, that just exists or we find ourselves lost in that system and not knowing where where we have our place and what what's going on but the beautiful thing is this and as i was praying this god really kind of saw so i was doing this and god this is so heavy because it's kind of just saying this is it it's either this or this and it's that 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 kind of comfort zone we're almost saying actually goodbye to or yeah i'll just live in that that's fine But as I was doing it, he's saying, okay, but think about those stories. Think think about the story of the the lost sheep. Think about the story of of Peter walking on water. In both those circumstances, when Peter was drowning, Jesus rescued him. When the lost sheep was gone, Jesus found him, or the shepherd found him. And there's a real sense of actually, God, yeah, actually I want to live, or Jesus, I want to live your way. I want to fix my eyes on you, and go, actually, I'm not going to live that way, or that way anymore, I'm going to live your way, I want to live above the norm, I want to live in the kind of, out of my comfort zone, and I want to live the way you want me to live, I want to live my life that way, like you lived it, but then, God, I just keep messing up, I'll keep just sinking back in, or I'll just keep getting lost, or whatever it may be, in those circumstances, he finds us, he rescues us, he pulls us out, he's not going, right, I want you to live this, when if you don't, I'm going to turn my back on you, Well, I want you to live higher than the norm, whenever, if you don't, I'm done with you, He's actually going. Okay, I want you to do this, and as you do it, you'll fail, and as you do it, you'll mess up, and as you do it, you'll sink. But actually, I'm going to be there to rescue you. I'm going to, be there to pull you back out. I'm going to go and find you when you get lost and bring you back in. I'm going to go and pull you back towards myself, bring you back to me again. Notice that Peter walking on water. Peter was the one that stepped up. Peter was the one that attempted it. Peter was the one that did it, and Peter sank. But actually, it's a heck of a lot more than the guys who stayed in the boat. The, the the sheep that got lost yes got lost and got scared probably and was was not having a clue where he was but jesus still found him yeah. and it's the idea that actually when we're doing this jesus i want to try and i say to myself more than anybody else it's like jesus i want to try i want to try and keep my eyes fixed on you i want to try and live the way that i know is possible to live above the circumstances above the waves above everything that's normal and expected and in, in the way you live and in that but Jesus i'm almost scared of failing and we're scared of actually slipping back into this or back into that. And he's going, No, don't be scared. It's not about being fearful. It's not about being shamed. It's not about being condemned. It's about going, OK, try. Have a go. And if you sink, or when you sink, if you get lost, or when you get lost, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there to pull you right back in again. I'll be there to lift you back up out of it again. And we'll go again. And we'll go again. And we'll go again. And we'll go again. Mm-hmm. But it's that idea, isn't it? That actually I'm going to set my face this way, Jesus. And, and some of this is very abstract. So it is very abstract. But the point of it being is that that Jesus is setting us that challenge before us and going, okay, live above the norm. And that's exciting. We're saying it's challenging, it's outcomes, and it might well be, but live above the norm. And, it, and, it, and, it's, and, it, and it's that wonderful adventure. Wow, that... That could transform my life, like Lizy shared this morning. Are we satisfied with the way things are? Do we actually see circumstances actually that needs to change? Yeah. That needs to change. Imagine if life changed for those set of people, or that whatever it may be, beyond anything, and we were involved in that. There's nothing wrong with enjoying that. The disciples—it's amazing to me when Jesus sent the disciples out. He sent them out, and they they went and cast out demons, and they went and did all kinds of other stuff, and they were excited. When 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 they came back, they enjoyed what was happening. That Jesus would have Jesus didn't have this kind of strange sense of like actually you're not meant to enjoy that. There's, there is no doubt that Jesus enjoyed seeing someone risen from the dead. There is no doubt about that. There is no doubt about the fact that he didn't enjoy a, a lame person being able to walk, or a blind person being able to see, or an excluded person being brought back and included that the, the, he enjoyed all of those things because it's about bringing something that's well, this was the norm but actually that that is not the way it's going to stay we're bringing it up to a different kind of standard a different kind of expectation that actually blind people aren't meant to be blind lame people aren't meant to just not walk we're not not just meant to accept that it's just that that's just the way it is that's not meant to be the case and that's the challenge because that then puts you out there mm well actually we're not accepting that, but why? Isn't that just the way life is sometimes? No. Because if Jesus watched that situation, that would change. And he's calling us to live that same way, that same pattern of life. Because I fundamentally believe that, that when we do this, the world gets to see what Jesus looks like through our lives. That when Peter was walking on water, there there was two people revealing what's possible. Jesus and Peter. If you were looking at that set of circumstances from a distance, you'd have no idea. Isn't that the whole point? That Jesus wants us to live in the way that he lives, so that when people look and go, wow, that's amazing. Hmm. It's not about us taking the glory to ourselves, we're going, actually, that's amazing. That when I walk into work, and I live the way Jesus lives, and situations change... People go, wow, that's amazing. And it's revealing what Jesus is like. It's revealing what what God's like. It's revealing what heaven's like. Because the world perceives the church in a certain way because we've let it be perceived that way. And that way the church is reveals what God's like. People think God is is punitive and going to punish people and going to do all kinds of terrible stuff to them because as a church, globally, we have communicated that in some way or another. But Jesus' calling us to rise above into a different way of doing stuff and go actually this is what God's like this is what he does this is what happens yeah. so my encouragement my challenge I suppose to us this morning is actually let's fix our eyes on Jesus when we feel the the temptation and the pressure to go back to an old way of doing things or to just sit in our comfort zone or whatever it may be to actually to actually no Jesus I want to keep my eyes fixed on you and then when we feel ourselves drowning when we feel ourselves kind of getting lost that we go, Jesus, I want you to come and just rescue me, pull me back up out of the water just to come and find me and bring me back again. Because it won't be perfect and we will lose our way and we will get sucked into and back into the norm of stuff. But actually Jesus and saying, I want you to keep your eyes fixed and as you're doing that, you'll start to do and live and be like I do and live and be, because that's the point of it. just want to finish with a, with a song just to kind of hopefully um, encapsulate that and kind of sum that up and kind of boil your phone to